Hey everybody, this is Chad Jordan uh, from Sport Clips. I'm the Director of Marketing and this is another edition of our Hall of Fame podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we have a series on our podcast called Haircuts with Heart and that series looks at some of the charitable partnerships that we have, um, some of the causes that we support. And so this is going to be another episode in that series because we're, we're sitting down with uh, one of the big wigs, one of our favorite people at one of our favorite partners, St. Baldrick's uh, Foundation. And in fact, before I go any further, I'm going to go ahead and have her introduce herself. Tell us um, uh, your name, uh, your role, uh, and how long your drive was to get here today. Why don't you tell no. us that? I'm Robin Raphael. I'm the Director of Corporate Relations for the St. Baldrick's Foundation. Um, it only took me 30, not even quite 30 oh, minutes, Oh, all right. Chad. Okay. Well, excellent. I live in the neighborhood, so it was... It That's was excellent. A, yeah. We are in... Uh, by the way, for those watching us on YouTube, hello. Uh, we are in the Sacramento, California area, and um, I needed to be up here for uh, a couple purposes, and uh, Robin was gracious enough to make it, I guess, not that far of a drive, but on a Friday. I'm worried about the traffic on the way back for her, so we will we will try to, uh, to wrap this up and not go too long. But uh, for those of you that, that are familiar with St. Baldrick's, uh, you've probably seen some of the things that we've done at Sport Clips. For those that aren't familiar with it, it's uh, the leading, I'm going to see if I can get this right, and you're going to correct me if I'm not, mm -hmm. um, the leading uh, research uh, fundraising organization for uh, children's cancer. Is that? It, you're on the tracks. Uh, okay. You're on the tracks. You get me back on the tracks. Okay. Exactly what is St. Baldrick's okay. all about? We are the largest private funder of okay. childhood cancer research grants worldwide okay we're only second to the u.s government excellent and what uh, sport clips does with st baldrick's is uh i believe we were the first national partner with st baldrick's yes. is that right back in 2016 Correct. i believe we pledged a million dollars over the course of three years which i believe we've now re-upped yes. there are three years as our first three years is up so we've we've re-upped and all across the country our stores help uh, raise raise money. We do braid the shave events where uh, uh, people can uh, get pledges and shave their head. And uh, I've actually emceed a couple of those and had a good time uh, raising money. Uh, also, our, our stylists and team members are or barbers uh, will pitch in and actually uh, actually cut hair for those donations. So a ton of activity, and that's that's at the local level. And then nationally. Uh, Sport Clips itself actually does some some pretty cool things. So, what exactly is your role with St. Baldrick's? Uh, and, uh, at the top, you, you gave us that, your title, but can you walk me through a little bit about what you do there? Sure, sure. So, I've been with the foundation. Um, this month is my five-year anniversary okay. with the foundation, but I feel like I grew up in the foundation. We can talk about that. Yeah. Um, but I am the director of corporate relations, so I handle all of our corporate partners. So that's all of our partners that have head corporate head shaving events, um, as well as our cause marketing partners. Um, and I handle all the different partnerships um, there in between. I also steward our partners, uh, make sure that they're happy, and um, it's mutually beneficial mm -hmm. for both of us. Were you, uh, you now? You've been to. I know you're at our national convention, which we call Huddle. Uh, you were there this year, 
obviously that's where I uh, I first met you. Had you had you been to others, or did you come to the Brave the Shave event that we did at our national convention years ago, or? I didn't have this the your pleasure. First time. This is my first time. Okay. And wow. Well, yeah. What'd you think? Wow. Like super wow. Mm-hmm. I was I was blown away. It was really nicely, not only nicely done, but I was super impressed with everybody that we met, mm-hmm. all the team members. Everybody yeah. was so enthusiastic, and I would say, St. Baldrick's, and they go, "Oh yeah, we know who you yeah. are." It, yeah. It, it it's it's amazing. near and dear to a lot of our hearts. Mine, uh, particularly having had a brother that had leukemia. Uh, and um, your story, you, you've been personally touched, obviously, by childhood cancer. Um, it led you to um, a life of, uh, I, was it, were you going back and forth to Washington, D.C.? Or, okay, well, can, can, you, can you give me a glimpse into, you know, why you're so passionate about St. Baldrick's and, and, re, and childhood cancer research and all that kind of stuff? Sure, I, I sure can. Um, I didn't really know what childhood cancer was, so we're going to flash back about 22 years ago. Okay. Um, I didn't really know. I didn't really know children get cancer. I have a mom. Uh, my mom died of breast cancer when I was 10 years old, so mm-hmm. I was acutely aware of cancer and what it does. But it's for old, old people. It's for adults. I guess, you know, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I heard. And, and, and growing up, too, you know, fast-forwarding, you know, into my adult years or all throughout, I'm hearing all these cures, you know, uh, for breast cancer in particular. Mm-hmm. But I never in my wildest dream, I didn't really think about children getting cancer. Um, my husband and, and myself at the time, we moved up uh, from Southern California to the northern part of the state with our two young boys. Our oldest is Keaton and okay. our youngest is Kyle. And they're about a year and 10 months apart, so you can imagine. It was, wow. It was, Irish yeah. twins, yeah. I think that's what it's called or something. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know how, quite how that happened, mm-hmm. but um, it was, we were pretty busy with the boys. New lives up here, um, had some uh, family, extended family that lived up here. And um, boys were happy, you know, things were great. And one day Keaton came home from preschool. He was four at the time and just said. And Keaton's your, old, was your yes, oldest? Yes, okay. my oldest. And Kyle. Mm-hmm. All right. And he just said, Mom, you know, my legs hurt. I don't feel so good. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, you know, as four-year-olds, right, yeah. we kind of talk them through it, watch, observe. This went on and off for a while, but I think the biggest notice for me was seeing that he started to withdraw from play. We had a big group of boys on the street, and so very fortunate that they could tag team, you know, end Mm -hmm. up at people's houses and play. And one day I remember he went out front, and the boys were playing, and he he was just sitting, sitting on the grass watching. I walked over and talked to him, and he says, my legs just really hurt. So we started to take him to the pediatrician. I also noticed, in hindsight, a low-grade fever. Mm-hmm. Took him to the pediatrician. No, nope, just put him on, you know, um, Tylenol. Right. Watch it. That went on for about. But no blood work or anything is getting done. Yeah. Not really at the time. So about three weeks of this went, and I and I really just that mom's in, in, intuition, mm-hmm. you know, that gut, yep. and um, always trust it. All parents, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Took him back in, and I said, you know, this is just not right. A four-year-old doesn't need to live on Tylenol and Motrin. So um, at that time, they had us go in to see um, – uh, they set us up for to see an infectious disease specialist at UC Davis Cancer Center mm-hmm. or Medical Center at the time. So you're up here? I, you, I thought you were in Southern California. But no, you're we up moved here. up here. Okay, we okay, got it. I missed that. Here. Okay. Uh, 90, about 90 – late 96, early 97. Okay. So we were up here, and so we went in to see the infectious disease specialist, and – you know, kind of 
wasn't sure what was going on, but definitely um, wanted my son to have a CAT scan. So mm-hmm. they scheduled us for that. So we were like, okay. We go in for the CAT scan probably about a week later. And I remember it pretty vividly because I had to go in with him by myself. My husband at the time was at work and um, went in. He you know, was calm in this big machine. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, probably about an hour or two later, a swarm of doctors kind of say, we need to talk to you. And they start asking me all kinds of questions. You know, have you driven through the state? Um, they thought maybe scarlet fever. They, they, were, mm. they were sort of ruling out all of these things. And, and um, the next thing I know, I, in hindsight, I didn't know that they knew that Keaton actually had a mass in his abdomen. Uh, okay. So they said, well, we know we really so need to. So they were trying to determine where that mass could have come from or what could have caused it, not whether there was one there. Uh, well, That's what the, the lines of questioning It was almost was. pre-question uh-huh. where they were trying to figure it out, but then a specialist came in, felt his abdomen. I, I know all this hindsight. Okay. But, you know, it was so long ago. I'm trying to remember the sequence of events. But yeah. he, they said, you know, we need to do some more tests. Um, and so he has to he has to be hospitalized and we thought oh my gosh you know so mm-hmm. four, four years old four years okay. old so this was you know this is kind of what families go through you're mm-hmm. just thrust into it and you're like okay you call your friends or family can you bring me a bag and yeah stay over so we stayed the night and the next day they they did what's called a, uh, a bone marrow asper on uh, on keaton's um, spine if you can imagine a four-year-old mm. they do put them out mm-hmm. but um that was to determine what was kind of going on in the bone marrow. Um, this isn't a transplant. This is they're they're taking bone marrow. Yeah, out. this is just a this is just a test. It's mm-hmm. a bone. It's called a bone asper, I believe. Um, and and so they're taking a sample of bone marrow mm-hmm. to to you know see what's going on. And um, that very next day, um, Keaton's doctor, he was uh, assigned a doctor, Doctor Rangaswamy, came in and he says, you know, I really need to talk with you. Um, can we go in this other private room? And so, of course, we had somebody stay with Keaton, and we go in this room, and there's 12 medical professionals, and it was a very small room. I remember it pretty vividly, and they're all around, and I'm thinking, you know, you walk into a room, and you're like, there's 12 people in here? Right. I don't think this is good. Um, Proceeded to tell us that um, Keaton had cancer, Mm -hmm. and it's the kind of cancer... Not that he said you want your child to have he's at all, but he says it's really not, it, it's not a good cancer. Mm. It's a very aggressive cancer. So he was diagnosed with neuroblastoma stage four. Okay. It's known as the sneaky cancer. It, they don't know what causes it. They believe something goes awry in neuroblastic cells, but he was a happy, healthy baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it can create its own blood supply. That's why they call it sneaky cancer. So. It usually attaches to the adrenal gland um, and can, and his was wrapped around a kidney as well. Mm. Um, so it's creating its own blood supply. So that's why it, it can get infiltrate into your bone marrow yeah. um, before you have these symptoms. So as you can imagine, um, I mean, we were devastated. We were completely, you hear those words, your child has cancer and you know, our lives pretty much just changed completely forever. Uh, we went home, and then you start telling your friends and family, right? Yeah. You bring your – I had to tell my dad, um, Keaton's grandpa, and just – it was heart-wrenching. It, we literally couldn't look at him that weekend without crying, mm-hmm. and it was just 
So then it just he, he's con he's home too. You got everybody got home. to go. Home. Okay, yeah. so he didn't have to stay and begin treatment you no, know, right that, away or. Um, no, they sent us home, but literally within a week we yeah. had to be back, and yeah. it was quick and fast treatment. It was very aggressive, mm-hmm. um, but we pretty much at that time set our sights and we said we can't do this. Like we can't live through his treatment without hope. We, we yeah. can't we can't cry every time we see him. Yeah. And so we really everybody rallied our friends, our family, our community rallied for us, and we just went through that treatment with him. I mean, he was a trooper. We, he had like seven cycles of chemotherapy. So you're talking in yeah. and out, you know, the hospital. Mm-hmm. He had to have his tumor removed, but his right kidney went with it, and that was like a nine hour surgery where the surgeon came out and he goes, well, I'm gonna do the best I can to save him, but he goes, it's kind of like peeling cement off cement. And we said, do what you oh, gotta do, wow. you know? But he just, he endured through all of it. Mm-hmm. And his, to know Keaton, I mean, he didn't have any, he didn't have time to be sick. Mm-hmm. He was silly and we just tried to make life, you know, as normal as possible. And so we did all that. Um, then, I'm particularly sensitive to Kyle. How what's absolutely. going on with him during absolutely. all all of this time? Yeah, Kyle was three and a half. Yeah. Not, so is he able to process what's happening yet? Not or? at all. No. Not okay. at all. Kyle okay. was my was more of a nonverbal. Mm-hmm. He was my I call him my Bam Bam. He's kind of you know like always action oriented. Um, we were really grateful. The preschool that the boys went to, they were like, we we are taking him. So. Mm-hmm. We were really grateful for a, a, a big support system that just wrapped their arms around him. He did not know what was going on. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean there wasn't effects that I can talk about sure. later. Right. Um, so he, you know, he was taken care of. Um, we did 24-hour care around the clock between my, my husband, myself, my dad, um, my sister, all of that. We had a good support system. Mm-hmm. We never left Keaton alone in the hospital. Um, How long would he have to stay when it, the chemo sessions happen? Yeah, uh, we'd normally start with an outpatient um, in the outpatient infusion room and then go in. And I would say they lasted sometimes about a week, mm-hmm. about a week. And then... Did he lose his hair every time? Or? Um, he, it's sort of like when he lost his hair, then it was gone. Mm-hmm. It never came back. Yeah. So, yeah, for him it was that. And, and, and it started to fall out in patches. And so we made kind of, I don't know, it, it wasn't an official St. Baldrick's because I didn't know about St. Baldrick's right. at the time. But um, we uncle sat him in the chair and we put a cape on him and we made a big deal about it. And we just shaved the rest of okay. his hair off. So. Did he uh, en- end up embracing, you know, the fact that he was bald he and... Yeah. This okay. So I don't know if you're familiar back in the day with Veggie Tales. I, oh I yeah. Okay. Do you want well, me to start singing the theme song, or we'll we'll put a link to uh, Veggie Tales. We do. So um, his favorite one, and I we have a video of it. Mm-hmm. He he always used to goof around with his cousin too, who was only nine months older. So they were like okay. brothers. Yeah. So he's in the mix of all of this too. Um, they did a video one time, and Keaton got out his hairbrush. Oh, of course, my he's bald, hairbrush song. Mm-hmm. And he's singing. Where is mm-hmm, my hairbrush mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the top of his lungs? So nice. It is a um, it is quite a sight. Oh, good memory. Yeah, he 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 didn't have time to not be his silly self. So, yeah. um, so so we we did all of that with with um that part of the treatment. Mm-hmm. The bigger part was yet to come. Um, our doctors here had a colleague. So the treat the clinical trial available to Keaton was going to be in San Fran. Um, 
but they were watching the numbers on that. And our Keaton's doctor had a colleague, Dr. Lisa Dillard at uh, Boston Children's Hospital, who was just opening a new clinical trial that was supposed to really be more promising. Um, so Keaton was fortunate enough, um, what we thought would be you know, the life-saving treatment, mm-hmm. um, we went to Boston and um, we had to go in September. It was all very quick. We had to go very quickly and um, he had to endure like an all-day phoresis, which is where they hook you up and they spin your, um, your mm. stem cells. Mm-hmm. They look at those under a microscope and all of that because they're getting him ready for a stem cell transplant. Which in the mid to late 90s was probably still groundbreaking, right? I mean, that was... It, it really was. Yeah. Um, te- think about it from a technology standpoint and, and yeah. all, all of it, yes. It was, it was foreign to us, mm-hmm. let's, let's say that. So we, um, we were told, okay, now go back to California and we're going to, he needs, you know, some more treatment and then we're going to call you and when it's time you need to come. So we were called literally the week before Christmas, uh-huh. 97. Wow. And we flew to Boston, mm-hmm. um, stayed at the Boston Ronald McDonald House. Yeah. Oh, and, we love I mean, Ronald McDonald Houses. Amazing. They are, they are yeah. Amazing. Um, strangely enough, I am originally from Boston, so I have okay. a lot of family okay. there. Um, so that was an amazing support system. Mm-hmm. But we took Kyle with us. Um, we had to find childcare for him there. Yeah. So we found a home daycare center not far from the hospital. Because, it, because you don't know how long the treatment's going to be? I we, mean, no. yeah. You really don't know. You're going. Um, and one thing I think I'd point out is originally my husband, Keaton's dad, was going to stay back and, mm-hmm. you know, work. And the nurses urged us, no, we had to go as a family. Um, and, and was it because they weren't sure how much time there was really left? Or I would say they just thought the, the whole family unit for support needed to be together. During this, I would say with period. what I know now, and if you're thinking back 22 years ago, mm-hmm. I know that's going to be a, a novel. The internet was not the internet, yeah. so I was even searching for all kinds of articles about neuroblastoma, mm-hmm. and I couldn't. I had to go to the medical library at UC Davis to just. But I felt then they were shielding a little bit about the severity and the survival rates, um, so they wanted us to be together. Mm-hmm. I think for that, you know, reason. Had they even given you kind of a timeline on here's what he may be looking at? If if things don't progress and there isn't a recovery, he's got three no. to six months. They, they couldn't even speculate. We didn't go there. That, yeah. And, and I, I'm really grateful to our medical team for not mm-hmm. going there. They could see they were as much focused on hope, right? the best medicine, and this kid's going to make it. Yeah. And that's where our heads were completely. Yeah. We, we were not... In the back of right. your mind it's, as a parent. When you don't sleep at night and yeah, it's It was there. Yeah. But I we, we fought it off pretty hard. We were very hopeful that Keaton was, was gonna mm-hmm. make it. So we end up um, um, getting called up uh, and very strangely his first transplant was on Christmas Eve. And huh. on Christmas Eve, if, you know, right. and, and I, it, to just say what it is, it's, I, I'm thinking it's some big grandiose and his doctor comes in and he kneels by Keaton and says, you know, we're going to, you know, this is your medicine and we're going to do this and hooks up a little, you know, IV bag and 
puts the stem, you know, puts right. the stem cells right. in. It wasn't it was like he didn't anti- go under. It wasn't a nine-hour no. operation this no. time. Yeah. No, as a matter of fact, I sat right there and, you know, um, staff. And we were in isolation, by the way. Okay. So, so you yep. know that your, immunosis, your immune system is brought down to right. zero. And we were in um, isolation. So we spent the night there. He wasn't very happy about that, as you can imagine. On Christmas Eve. Was he worried that Santa wasn't going to be able to deliver gifts in the I, hospital? or? I, I think I think... It wasn't even that. I think at that point he was far away from home. Yeah. You know, at that yeah. time he wanted to be with his friends and swim in his grandpa's pool, and he was kind of stuck in this hospital. And of course, Santa did come, but right. he—he—I couldn't even get him. At that moment, I couldn't. It was scary to me when I couldn't even have him be happy about Christmas. Yeah. That yeah. was a moment that sticks with me. Right. Um. So so he had some complications with that transplant. Um, he was slated to do two. It was called a uh, tandem mm-hmm. transplant. So they sent us home for 10 days at Ronald McDonald House, but we still had to be in isolation. So we made the best of it. We took him, we took him out. We could go out. Um, but we were the crazy California family that went bundled up and went in the snow in the front of Ronald McDonald mm-hmm. House and mm-hmm. built a snowman. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they probably thought we You're were the only, only ones out there. The only ones. You were in isolation. Everybody's looking in the window going, yeah. um, but, but it's a, it's a, an amazing, uh, yeah, I remember that very much. And so then we had to go back in. This is, sti- is this still December or is this now into January? We are, we're moving into, uh, late January. Oh, okay. At this point oh, all right. Time. Yeah. So now yeah. you've been at the Ronald McDonald house for over a month. Yeah. Mid January. Yeah. Okay, sort about of. A month. Yeah. And so we had to go back in and. A 98. Timeline? Are we now into 1998? Uh, yes, we are. Okay. We are in 1998, and um, he, they had to do another stem cell transplant. But this um, protocol also required, in the, to, to show you the levels of toxicity and, and harshness that they did, it required a week-long, um, twice-a-day radiation, oh. which is, yeah. it, you know, you and don't... people can't... Could you be around him during the radiation? I, I could. Periods? I was. I was in. I was yeah. outside. Okay. But then we went back to our transplant room. Uh, but yeah, I had to be gloved up, mm-hmm. and we were completely, you know, gowns and the whole nine yards. Yeah. I couldn't. I could sleep in the room, but I couldn't sleep like with him. Right. There was a lot of rules. There's um, a lot of cruel cuts with childhood cancer. That feels like one. Yeah. Isolation from your baby boy, who probably wants mom to hold him, and and here you you really can't. Absolutely. Um. I think about that a lot. Yeah. 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 That's, you wanted nothing more. I mean, uh, any parent, when, even when your kid, like, you know, when you thought he just had a fever and you're holding him and that's of course con- yeah. you know, consoling, but then to not be able to in the, in the grips of everything that he's battling and for your own sake, right. As a parent, just to cling on it, a little bit longer. You know, I, it's, it's strange. You kind of bring it up in, in that way because I just thought about that the other day. I mean, I, I think about things. Obviously, oh, yes. But that particular thing is I, I wished I would have just said to heck with right. what they're I'll, telling I'll, me. I'll take the and risk I did, myself. And I did yeah. crawl in there a few times mm-hmm. because I was just like, I can't, you know, I can't. Right. But so he went back in um, with all of that, with all that. And you can imagine too, you know, they're bringing us forms that each time that you yeah. have to fill out right. and they're reading you yeah. what can happen. Yeah. And as a parent, you feel completely helpless because and what is your choice? Like, right? what are you going to say? Uh, forget it. That's too risky right, to right, save right. my child's it, life. You know, of course you're going to sign it. Of course you are. Yeah. And, um, 
so you you know you've got that going on you've got all this fear going on and right. and you're just trying to make the best decisions right um that that you're given yeah so he um with all of that treatment which was very very harsh um he started to, de- to develop some complications um it, with his liver so he was retaining water there were a lot of things going on and they kept saying okay well now we're going to fix it with this and we're going to do this mm-hmm. um and we were we were all together so we would convene as a family and bring kyle in as well and they would play video games and we would try to keep things really normal mm-hmm. um but we would switch off with him as well so whoever wasn't going to be with keaton would go back to ronald mcdonald with kyle mm-hmm. we really try to just keep it as normal yeah. as you possibly can um so we um it was my night to stay i remember i came up and the boys were playing video games and and uh all of a sudden, um, I said, okay, guys, it's time for you guys to go because we had a routine. You know, Keaton had to have kind of – you had to bathe every day and do certain things. And I said, we're going to get him going. And just about that very same time, Keaton, you know, just looks at me and he says, you know, Mom, he goes, I just don't feel so good. Hmm. And um, it was it was a very um, sudden uh, loss. He, he – uh, uh, we had to call – you know, um, for the nurse to come in, mm-hmm. and could um, you tell just by looking at him that something there was, was a turning? Visible, there yeah. was a visible sign yeah. um, that happened, and I um, immediately—it was very strange. So Keaton also had a social worker that was just for him, and his name was Frank, and Keaton loved Frank. Well, Frank said he was going to come see Keaton that day, and he didn't. And at that very moment, Frank walked in the room when all of this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I grabbed Kyle the first thing and I ran out of the room because the nurses started to, you know, right. You don't want Kyle to see what was going on. Yeah. And, um, and Keaton's dad stayed. And so I went out with Frank and Keaton and, you know, tried to compose and then say, I'm going to come back in. And, um, they, uh, it's a little bit fuzzy, obviously, because I've tried to not think about it a lot, but they were able to stabilize him, but then they had to take him down to trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had to go into another little room and wait there. Meanwhile, um, you know, Kyle's with Frank. And um, we were down there, and um, they just came in and said, we, we, can't, save, we can't save him. So uh, was he conscious when they're telling you this, or had he already kind of slipped yeah. So you don't get a final other than the, that time that you had spent there. But right. uh, not being able to say one last thing, hold him one last time. No. It was really him saying, I don't feel good. And then the actions and everything, the, the ball was rolling at that point. That was it. Um, and that is, what's the date? I know you know the date. February 20th, 1998. So you were, and this is in Boston? In Boston, um, and now you have to process. So he passes in Boston. Funerals held in California. Yeah, had to yeah. make arrangements to yeah. have him brought home. Had you done any of that stuff in anticipation? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. No, so we did not. Till the end, you're thinking it's going to turn around. This is going to work. This is why we're here, signing yes. all these forms, and um, yeah. Yeah, it not giving up. It you know, it's no, we didn't. Yeah, 
you know, I even, I had a, I, and then you embark on your journey. Right. Because I thought, you know, I have, I have a lot of faith. That's mm-hmm. just the person I am. But, um, you know, I, I never thought this would, I never thought we'd lose them, really. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, and that, and that became its own, you know, it was, it was so difficult, as you can imagine. I mean, we came home without him. Yeah. And, you know, Kyle had said He's to me. He's got his bedroom at home. Yep. That was that you had to deal with. And how long, how long did you leave the room just the way it was? I want to say a while. A while. Mm-hmm. A while. I want at least had he and Kyle shared a room or? No, uh, okay. no. actually they had separate rooms. Okay. Um, and it ended up at one point where Kyle moved into his room and stuff. But we left it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have boxes that haven't been gone through mm-hmm. you just I mean there's things you just put in a box and I still have them and I've tried a few times but you can't do it. had he reached his fifth birthday he had reached his fifth birthday which what's his birthday November 24th okay oh November so right around, he's a Thanksgiving baby yes, some year. yes. Um, so we were able to have a birthday okay a really amazing his last birthday, birthday his yeah. fifth birthday was in California yeah. all right yeah. before he had to go to Boston yeah it was an amazing birthday party there's a local gentleman around, um, or I don't know if he is anymore, but it was Music Mike, and, and he played the guitar. He mm-hmm. found out about Keaton, and he's like, I'm coming over and doing your birthday party. Awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Shout out to Music Mike Music if he's still Mike, around. Music Mike, good people yeah. of the world. That's, that's what I will tell you is we experienced so many. You, uh, you had to do the unthinkable. You had to bury your own child um, and walk through that bere- grieving bereavement process. At some point, you became activist. If that's probably the wrong word, so forgive me if that's the wrong word or offensive at all. I don't know why it would be, but something in you decided more has to be done, right? Um, for childhood cancer research, I believe, particularly the type that Keaton had, right? So, as you walk through this grieving process, does part of you go, hey, maybe it happened for a reason? Maybe. I have a mission to fulfill that I wouldn't have done otherwise. Is that the lights? What 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 is the switch? Walk me through all of that to get you to you know where you are today. Sure, um, I would say it was about three weeks. So we're talking into March, mm-hmm. and I just was paralyzed. Yeah, you know, paralyzed. Um, and I don't really know exactly what it was, but something kind of welled up in me, and I thought this this just can't. Number one. I'm mad, mm-hmm. and I've got to do something constructive, or I'm not, I'm not going to be any good to anybody. And it it really it was just kind of like this epiphany, and and I've described it like that because I started look, t- talking to people and calling like, how are kids getting cancer, mm-hmm. and friends and family, and I started talking about it, and I I started working with UC Davis, and I said, are there any family groups? Like, what's going on? What are people doing for kids' cancer? Like families mm-hmm. and research, what's going on? Just educating myself, and it literally was within that month that I pretty much found out that there was really no local organization. Not not like there are now. There's a lot, and I said, no, I'm going to start an organization, and my goal is to help families navigate through childhood cancer. Um, ultimately, I wanted to see a cure for research, but really, it was more 
safety net service um, for families in the Northern California area. Had it been a full year? When did he get diagnosed? Um, he was diagnosed June 20th. Right, and and within nine months. Nine months. That was he, it. Okay. So not even a full year later, you've decided I'm going to start an organization. What? It's a nonprofit, I assume. Nonprofit. So what? What was that? And and, and is it? It may still exist. It, so it does. Yeah. Um, Keaton Raphael Memorial. Okay. I, for neuroblastoma originally, right. you know, I That's wanted a mouthful, it to be. Right? In, I wanted yeah. it to be. In, in, eventually, it was Keaton Raphael Memorial. Uh-huh. Um, and yes, we started that. Um, I started it. Um, in my dining room with my friends and family and we mm-hmm. held committee members and people just came mm-hmm. it was it was bigger than me mm-hmm. um, and like you said did I think it was a purpose I, I don't think I thought about it very much but at, along the way I realized that I could have said no yeah. and I said yes and it didn't mean that I wasn't you know having a million different emotions i just tried to move forward and use the skills that i had to i i'd not been in nonprofit before but mm-hmm. my background's city government pu- public policy i know how to you know navigate systems and and work with communities and so forth and leadership and that's really what i did and we 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 just told our story i mean we knocked on doors my dad my myself and we knocked on doors and said we have this organization, you know, my son died and we're trying to do some good in the world and will you join us? Mm-hmm. And people did. And what, 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 what is, not what was the purpose, what is the purpose of the organization? Like what, are you, what were you setting out to do, your safety net? Uh, describe all of that sure. for me. Sure, so um, provide what I, what I experienced at that time many years ago was I could not find information. I couldn't find information. Oh, yeah. Pre really internet. Really pre internet. So, so, so very primal on that. Um, so providing families, connecting with families, finding them. Mm-hmm. You know, starting to work with hospitals so they could find us. We could provide them for with that them. particular type of cancer. All, or okay. All I was really into all I wanted to. So provide networking them. when a when a family gets diagnosed with cancer. Here are. 10 other families that you could contact is that part of is that fair to say that's part of what that ended up being part of it yes okay. a community a family mm-hmm. letting them know that they had support and then also financial support so we really did um, what were called family grants at the time um, we I believe we started off at like $250 and then that moved up into you know thousand or so forth um, in paying rent um, believe it or not helping people fix cars so they can get their kids to yeah. appointments and it really morphed um, we provided um, educational materials um, locally as well as um, we lost kids every year mm-hmm. and my dad was a carpenter um, cabinet maker by trade and um, he I asked him to design these memory boxes and so mm. we started to do that and I embarked on my grief journey I read a lot um, books and resources became really important people would give them to me, I would find them, and I wanted to do the same for families. So we would put those in um, with a card and um, either, either I didn't, I couldn't really attend funerals early on, and, mm-hmm. I, and I really, to be quite honest, didn't have a lot of contact with families. I had somebody else helping me with mm-hmm. that. I was still going through my... It was too, my, too raw. I just yeah. wanted to be the girl behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I was just wanted to go get the money and and put the structure together mm-hmm. and, and help people that way. But the bereavement boxes, I understand, you know, um, still continue. 
and um, it, it obviously is something no, that's I thought the, was unique. I, uh, are they, do you have a website for the um, organization? It, 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 Keaton Raphael is now uh, Keaton's Cancer Alliance. They okay. changed the name. I um, left in 2016. I just kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm you did your part. Of, I, I wanted, <laughs> you did enough. Yeah, to take it to the next level. Yeah. It's going strong. It's great. It's a regional organization um, in the um, Roseville area, mm -hmm. all in Sacramento. Still helps families um, and um, ho is uh, hosts the head shaving events that I started, which oh, is cool. how I sort of got uh, involved. Yeah, so, so we're, now we're going to go full circle here. Full circle. So uh, the he which came first, chicken or the... Uh, the head shaving with the organization came first before you knew about St. Baldrick's or how does that all, how does that all play together? So I started Keaton's organization. Yeah. Um, I became connected because I was calling everybody I could think of to tell me about childhood cancer and what's going on. I became um, aware of an organization in DC called CureSearch. Okay. And they were organizing, if you will, an advocacy days for the first time. Um, I, it, was, it ended up being about 50 parents showing up. Most of us had lost kids mm -hmm. to neuroblastoma specifically. Oh, wow. Um, and we just basically, they said, here's your T-shirt. We're going to go on the hill, and you're going to tell your stories to legislators. And we did. And we kind of cried our way through that. Mm -hmm. That particular group grew more and more and more. Um, and today has has um, an alliance of many different childhood cancer groups of mm -hmm. which St. Baldrick's is is really a leader um, yeah. in that space and um, but uh, I set out I went to Washington DC twice a year for probably 15 years are, are you are you showing up unannounced to uh, Capitol Hill or had you had appointments uh, booked? I mean, I, I can't imagine a congresswoman or, or a congressman turning down uh, someone that's lost a, a, a kid to cancer. So, how does that, how does how does that work for anybody that wants to do something like that? Well, we were organized by then. Yeah. We had we had organized and and uh, Cure Search was had organized us and so had hired a lobbyist and so okay. we became more sophisticated as an advocacy group. Um, but the goal was to get as many parents across the U.S. as we possibly could. So mm -hmm. I served as the California team leader, so that when families would come, um, those of us were briefed on, you know, what is the ask? What is it we're asking for? Our initial I remember was let's double the NIH budget. Um, you know, and we realized that didn't work. But mm -hmm. yes, they had appointments for us, so we would go in, um, and it was it was, um, you know, and that became a community that when you go there, it was so empowering. You know, mm -hmm. you just I've always felt like this is action, and so right. making a difference. This is grassroots going yeah. and and changing, um, and that's where. I'm at the founders of St. Baldrick, so okay. I was asked because they were doing the same thing, or they were part of the um, the rest of the committee or they, lobbyists, or well, they were invited. So um, I I don't know the real how they got there, yeah. <laughs> but I was invited to a banquet where they were being honored oh, okay. because these three Irish reinsurance executives were shaving heads and yeah. raising money for yeah. cancer, right? Mm -hmm. So it was really it was fun, and I um, I had gone with my mother-in-law that year. And we were just, you know, enjoying it. And we're like, oh, this is great. And so we go back. Um, we were going to get a glass of wine. So we go back to there. And this gentleman walks up to me. And he goes, hi. And I said, I'm Enda McDonald. And he was one of the founders. Yeah. And I said, uh, hi, Robin Raphael. Where are you from? And chit-chat. And he goes, you have really nice hair. And I said, 
I like my hair. <laughs> and he said, well, would you consider shaving your head? <laughs> oh, there's, and I'm there's like, the other shoe. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> I said, well, I already, I have an organization back home and, you know, I do family services, but I love research. Like, research is the end game for me. And he says, well, I, I really, I, I, I really think you need to, to host a head shaving event and um, shave your head. I don't know why. I, I swear to you, I only had one glass of wine. My mm-hmm. mother-in-law was there mm-hmm. right with mm-hmm. me. But he ends up closing me on a cocktail napkin that oh, I have you to this confirmed day, that you were going to do it. That I okay. was going to go home to Sacramento, uh-huh. California, Roseville, California. I was going to raise $30,000 and shave my head. So I committed to that. And then the next morning at breakfast at our advocacy group of about 200 parents, somebody gets up and announces that I'm doing this. Oh, and now I'm now like, you're trapped. Yeah, and, you, you know, do it. Chad, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like that I'm. A lot of people, a lot of women, men go into this and they're like, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I was a bit drug in there, yeah. and I was kind of like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I admit it wholeheartedly. But after you did it, right? I did it. Okay. But after I thought about it, and I came back home, and I think people just felt sorry for me, so mm-hmm. they're like, "All right, we're gonna give her money. I'll join you. You know, whatever." What year is this? Uh, we are in. Tw- uh, I'm in tw- uh, 2003. Okay, so this is even. You you don't have the benefit of a Facebook event that you can put nope. out there. Which is, it's not cheating, um, it's <laughs> wonderful, but that spreads the message so yes, quickly. Yes. So you're literally having to hit people I'm up. I'm going to yeah. my Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. When I announced it at the Chamber yeah. of Commerce, you should have seen everybody's Because it's, it was not a common thing. Oh, no. Not like it is, not this, still not common, but right, right. it's at least heard of now. It was unheard of back yeah. then. So, so I said I was going to do it. Um, my heart really was into it when yeah. I, I, I just started getting at into that it. Point, at that point. You had counted the hair lost. You're like, this is gone. I'm doing it. So I got to, I got to at least get the 30 grand out of it. Yep. So, and we did it and we only had, I want to say at that time, I don't know if we had five weeks, maybe, maybe. Did you, did you make it? Was it like, uh, a newsworthy event? Did you it, have, it tell me about it. It was, it was, well, we had to find a place. So we uh-huh. found this great little coffee shop. I knew the owners and they're like, you do it here, do mm-hmm. it here. It ended up raining that day. So they put up, we did in it California? outside. Yeah, heard I know. Of that? Wow, in March. Okay. Sometimes yeah. it rains okay, in California yeah, okay. in March. So we had to, they put up this tarp and I remember it was windy and all this, but the news crew came out. Oh, wow. um, and um, yeah, we, we kind of did it all as a family, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. And we had oh, really? another cancer family of a mom of, uh, at the time, he's still a survivor of the same cancer as Keaton. Yeah. And he, was he uh, diagnosed around the same age as when Keaton was, or was he older? He what? was, but he didn't go through the same kind of treatment. And there's really no, I do know a couple of survivors, wow. um, and there's no real answer, you know, there's yeah. no answer. But um, his mom shaved with me that year, and uh, I remember it. It was, it was amazing, and, and it was really the best thing I've ever done in my mm-hmm. life. It just was, you know? Yeah. It just was meaningful and the best thing ever. And uh, have you done it since? I have not. Okay, so once, is, once in a lifetime once is a, enough. No, I said that's... I might do it again, and, and I do have colleagues. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting times. you on blast on this podcast. <laughs> you, there's no cocktail napkin. You're not right, going right. to have to commit to it. There's only sour patches. Yeah, you've got some, some snacks here. But uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm only asking because did you, uh, did you participate in, in uh, you know, what you started? Did you participate yes. in other events well, as like a matter, that? As a matter of fact, I started – 
uh, three other events that morphed into like seven events that that are just there's many events up here now yeah. and so it you know it really was that ripple effect of of saint baldrick's in in northern california and i think all those efforts i mean i don't know if i had to throw out a number i mean it's millions yeah yeah it's millions. and and for me that's one of the reasons i wanted to capture on on a podcast your story not from start to finish because you're not finished but uh just to show the progression and then how it started and 30,000 is not chump change I mean that's that's a lot of money but that was just the beginning of now like you said probably millions of dollars and so for any stylist that might be listening or watching to this or any team leader our franchisees who are maybe on the fence about participating in a St. Baldrick's event just think I, I know the one locally for us around the Santa Barbara County area um, the impact that that's had in five or six years running uh, and how much has been raised just from what it really came from one she was on our, my daughter's soccer team one uh, Lexi Brown um, who passed away but when she started with her um, when she was still alive and what it's become now and it started with one head shaving event and now it's it's a it's a, a, a full-on big deal um, and what what yeah there's I know there's more well yeah I mean um, well I also I just want to interject in there too and I know yeah. head shaving sometimes isn't for everybody mm -hmm. I get it uh, you're talking to one that's so, not yeah for, yeah uh, and you're a good no well thank you for for that <laughs> you don't have to whisper it you can shout out this what is if a we haircut dye it green? no yeah uh, we'll well, see, I am I'm happily no? I'm happily married and I want to continue to be okay. that way I don't want to upset uh, that. yeah so I can continue to do podcasts about right. head shaving events awesome, or whatever yeah. but uh, but yeah like you said head shaving is not the it, end all it, be all if it isn't and I just want to do a little plug here because I think you know we kind of uh, my colleague Kelsey and I introduced mm -hmm. this at the huddle mm -hmm. POS system it's in BAM I mean September's National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and yep. you know what we since we sort of announced that we've had many many team members sign up and it's thousands yeah. I mean it's it's easy it's it's a lot you know and you can you know get your customers involved so the POS is is really I don't want to not you yeah know, no leave so that Salon Ultimate table. is um, is what you're talking about and where there's a, a question I think do you want to donate to St Baldrick's and yes. a client can while he's paying yep. for his haircut you know his keeping his hair but losing some hair but you still having hair to walk out with uh, can give towards St Baldrick's mm -hmm. there's a St Baldrick's button you yeah. just have to say do a campaign whenever you want to. And um, you know September is coming up. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. National Childhood Cancer. We're gonna we're definitely month. gonna push that. Um, for and I think this is the first year that we've done it. Where you know we're gonna try all of September to do it. So we'll make sure we get all those details out. Yeah. Um, and, and I know I'm running over your time. Yes. So I have I have a list of ten questions that are not gonna be. They're gonna be mostly lighthearted. But I do. There is really one one important question, and you mentioned it earlier before I get to the ten. Uh, and you had mentioned your grief journey and, uh, I know that uh, every parent that's, that's had to walk through bearing a child, whether it was a, a, an accident or whether it was cancer or disease or something that took the child has had to walk that journey out and it's all differently. But you mentioned some things that helped you along the way and obviously, uh, starting the foundation and, and organization and, and doing that was a big part of it. But what do you think for you, not that you'll ever 
there's a day will never go by where you don't think about Keaton. But uh, what do you think for you was the biggest, whether it was uh, push in the right direction or helping the grieving process heal a little bit uh, better? Uh, what do you think was for you uh, the thing that you would maybe recommend to other, maybe moms or other parents that are dealing with this? Um, gosh, there's so much. But I, for me, and everybody's yeah, journey Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What, what was it for you? For me, um, I have a, it's a combination. It's um, kind of doing my own spiritual journey, mm-hmm. figuring it out from mm-hmm. my perspective and, and how I can live with this. Because um, I bet what you thought, 23 years ago <laughs> it was different than what you thought 22 years ago and different than what you think now right. so that's i'm sure yeah i think i think that i think um i went to counseling it's a big thing mm. I'm, I'm a believer in it yeah um it, it helped me sort through a lot um it helped me not blame myself it helped mm-hmm. me you know all the things that parents go through yeah um i think finding having a support system and i know that's easier said than done um, because even even family sometimes can't be there for you in this time yeah and and that's and that's a reality and mm-hmm. that's very you know that's the last thing you need right mm-hmm. you're already grieving and then right but it happens um finding those support systems and then um, and the people who understand you and also understand that there's no right way to do this mm-hmm. and let you be you mm-hmm and just support you in that journey. And if, if there are people that aren't, I recommend you make some space from them mm-hmm. because it's the toughest thing in my life I've ever done. And um, I also wanna give parents hope that I sitting here today, I never would have thought I'd be sitting here. I never thought I would find joy in my life again. Yeah. And giving yourself permission to have that joy, um, it is it is not easy. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. you get to the other side of the river. Yeah, I, I look at it as a journey of, of like stepping stones. And find those people who can take you forward. And when you take those steps back, you're just moving forward. Mm-hmm. Find, your, find the way that works for you. Um, that's my, that's kind of, I don't, I don't know if I answered no, your question. No, you did. Yeah, I love it. it. You know, it's a little bit like... Um, you know, I, I, uh, so my brother died of leukemia. So I grew up in a home, uh, I was nine, he was six. I grew up in a home with grieving parents who, I, I don't know, I know a day doesn't go by where they don't, um, miss Ryan, my, my brother. Uh, but for us, uh, who my parents are now versus what they were when I was a kid and a teenager there, like you said, there is joy, whether it's on the other side or in the middle of the river that you're wading through to, to try to get to the other side. Um, there, there is hope for not every day will be February, February 20th. Am I getting that day right? Yes. Uh, but February 20th of every year I know is tough, right? Yeah. Probably Christmas time for you guys Birthdays. because of all that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I love being able to sit and have conversations with people that are on this side of it as well. Uh, so, um, so I, 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 I've loved every minute, even though some of this has been painful, what you've talked about. Uh, I love getting to kind of unpack the story of uh, a, uh, a mover and a shaker in the St. Baldrick's Foundation's world and childhood cancer research world and, uh, and all that you've done. So thank you. 
uh, first for that. Uh, you know, before I ask your 10 questions, I'm going to present you with those that are watching on YouTube. You can see, I know you were at Huddle. Hopefully you got to hear Brittany Fitzgerald's speech. She's uh, one of our coaches in the uh, Texas region. And uh, her motto is do it with passion or don't do it at all. Oh, I'm going to give that to you because I feel like you're passionate and you deserve this shirt. Aww. Not every guest gets one of these, but this is going to be for you. So I feel special. Um, you, you, you are Ted. special. That's awesome. I so, love it. So let's, can I ask you the 10 questions and then you can go fight the traffic and get home? Yes. Okay. Uh, question number one. If you uh, had one superpower, what would you hope it would be? You could only have one superpower. This is a really hard question. You want, you want me to start with an easier one and come back to that one? No. Okay. Um, I thought that was that might be the easiest one, just really? so you know. I want to save people. You want to save people? I want to save people. <laughs> okay. You want to you save, I mean, rush into burning bill, like the, all of that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's great. Indestructibility. Yes. That's, all right. That, that way you can it. go save people. All right. Um, number two, what is your personal motto? many okay but i like Give live love laugh okay live love laugh i love it um i know you're from boston you said mm -hmm. and yeah you live in california but if you could choose anywhere else in the world to live that you've never lived before where else in the world would that be oh gosh i'm trying to think if it was in the country well yeah any anywhere well, I'm going to Greece in September, okay. so it might be there. All right, Greece. I love Greece. <laughs> um, if you could meet one celebrity, who would it be? And we're going to put out good vibes, so just in case it happens, you'll be able to credit this podcast. All right. Well, he's also my celebrity crush, so okay. Jason Statham. Okay, all right. So <laughs> Fast and Furious, you're going to be watching his new movie that's coming out, all right. Uh, which words or phrases do you most often overuse? I'm sorry. Okay. It, it's a bad habit. I was uh, told. I, I, I need to stop. All right. Hey, I don't. Th and I don't think you've said it too much today. So you're okay. you're working on your habit. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Children laughing. I like that. What sound or noise do you hate? Children screaming. Oh, great! I was I was <laughs> crying or screaming. Okay, perfect. I love the yin and the yang there. All right. Um, this is a special question I wrote just for you. That's different than. No, no other podcast guest has gotten this question, but I, I was thinking about you and your in your life. Um, if they make no, look, when they make a movie on the story of your life, who do you want to play the lead character? Which actress? That is a tough mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. People have told me that I look like Sherry O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry, what's she from? <laughs> she was from Saturday Night Live, but I know that that's not right. <laughs> okay, I don't know which one she is. It, it was a while ago. Okay, do you want her to be the no, lead character? No, no, I want someone, I, I no, or You want like a not. Julia Roberts or, I mean. Yeah, she has to be blonde though, so okay. I'm trying to think. Well, I'm bad with actresses. She's pulled that know. off before. Yeah. Emma um, Stone could probably pull ooh, it off. Ooh, what about, um, oh gosh, Goldie Hawn's daughter. What's Goldie Hawn's daughter? Um... If you wouldn't ask me, I could have told you. I know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just sorry, put I'm Goldie Hawn's daughter, who was in... Um, Overboard? Was it Overboard? No. No, that was, she was in Overboard. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's one of these movies, 10 Things. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yes, that's, that's my it. wife that's loves her. that movie. Okay. Her. All right. Okay. I love her. Uh, okay. Uh, next one. But this is, I think, going to be pretty obvious if we re-listen to re -listen this podcast. What is your greatest achievement? 
my kids okay. are my greatest achievement. All right, I like that. Yeah. They are. And uh, last question. If heaven indeed exists, mm. what do you hope to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done. Well done. Great. How about well done and hey, Keaton, come here. Yeah. yeah. I like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been amazing. What a oh, story. Thank, thank you, you so much for uh, carving out some time to share uh, your your uh your life with us and and what you're up to now and this is why you know i want to document stuff like this for sport clips because what we're doing with saint baldrick's this is we're just scratching the surface so far of of the limit and the potential that this partnership has and i hope that um as our listeners have heard your story today and and been encouraged by you that they think hey we're not going to let this be for naught. We're going to go do some great things for St. Baldrick's, brave the shave events, maybe not shave their own heads, but uh, raise monies, do this stuff with Salon Ultimate and the POS system for a Childhood Cancer Awareness Month coming up in September, uh, but just really get involved. That's what, that's what uh, our aim is here. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Chad. All right. Appreciate you. Bye, everybody. Appreciate Hope you. you'll listen uh, next time. Thanks so much. <laughs>